0: Prayer can be both confusing and controversial. And really what happens is we pray the way that prayer was modeled for us. However, however prayer was modeled for us is really how we pray. So some of you, prayer was never modeled for you. So, uh, so you know, the whole thing of prayer can just seem kind of awkward and, and confusing to you. Some of you, uh, prayer was modeled in like a resuscitation way where you memorize these certain prayers for these certain circumstances and you pray those prayers. For for others of you, prayer was uh, uh, modeled for you in, in that, you know, you, you did what's called like scream prayers, like where you were... We're screaming to get God's attention. And and so prayer, the way we've learned to pray is typically the way that prayer was modeled for us, all the way down to the fact that if prayer wasn't modeled for us at all, then most of us don't know how to pray. And so not only can prayer be confusing and be controversial, it can also be a, a sense of really what we do when we come to pray is we just really pray for ourselves. We pray kind of three basic things. We pray, Lord, help me, Lord, bless me, Lord, protect me. And then uh, we'll venture out some days and we'll, we'll pray for others like our family. We'll say, Lord, help my family, bless my family, and protect my family. And Lord, my inner circle of people, if you could help them, if you could uh, bless them, if you could protect them, I want to pray for them. And so just talking about prayer, really one of the things that uh, a couple of illustrations that remind me of prayer is that. Many of us view prayer as kind of a vending machine, if you will. So a vending machine prayer is like I'm going to put in what I'm supposed to put in, and I'm going to push the right buttons with God so what I want will come out of, of God's prayer machine, you know. So if I maybe if I pray this way, if I recite this, if I do this right, and if I pray this way, then I can get from God what I want. So the other illustration that kind of fits that is, is a vending machine and then a good luck charm. We kind of view prayer as like we kind of pray as this good luck charm, if you will. But let me ask you this question today as we kind of dive into this subject. What if prayer and the point of prayer was much different than just us getting God to do what we want him to do? What if prayer... And, and the point of prayer was much different than anything we've ever had. It was beyond just getting God to do our wishes, our desires, what we want. What if the point of prayer was much bigger, much greater, much grander than anything that we've ever thought of before? So as we think about that today, I, we're going to look at a passage where Jesus begins to teach his disciples. And here's what you got to know. As Jesus teaches his disciples about prayer... He's teaching guys that already knew how to pray. They had grown up praying. They had they they were Jewish, and so they knew Jewish prayers. They had much of the Old Testament, the Torah, memorized, and so these were not guys that didn't pray. What Jesus is ultimately saying is he's teaching them to pray is, "Hey, you're doing it wrong, if you will." I mean, isn't that kind of a little bit offensive, if you will? Can you imagine, like you you said prayer uh, before the meal, you said grace before the meal, and and then somebody said, "Hey, you know, hey, I just." Can we talk after dinner's over like you did it wrong? And there's some things that I want to I correct. Ultimately, Jesus is saying, hey, I want to help you get better in the way that you are praying. And he opens up in Matthew chapter 5, verses 5 through 13. He, here's what he says. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So, the first thing he talks about before we even get into how to pray is he tells us, he begins to talk about where we are going to pray. Some of you are like, well, can't you pray anywhere? Yes, you can pray anywhere. You can pray down, you know, driving down I-10 while you're doing your makeup, you know, and your phone's ringing, and you're saying, God, help me at work today, and I, help me not to kill that boss, you know, of mine. You can pray on your way to school. Lord, please don't let there be a quiz. Please don't let there be a quiz. Lord, I didn't study. Please don't let there be a, a quiz. You can pray just about anywhere any time, But what he's wanting to do is help us know that there's a prayer life and there's a prayer situation that goes way beyond those here and there, everywhere, quick little uh, prayers that we pray to God. And uh, he says in verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room and close the door. Now, most of you have probably spent most of your life kind of praying on the run, if you will. And, and you know, praying in the car, praying real quick, before, you know, Lord, help me. I'm going into this meeting. I, I really need you to help me uh, during this meeting. And so you, you prayed those kind of here and there, quick run, uh, drive-through prayers. And what Jesus is actually saying here right now is there should come a time when you pray where you actually... Go into a situation where you isolate yourself, you get away from the world, you get away from the worries of this life, and you close the door. Now what's interesting about this is that we don't find as Jesus prayed that he went into a room and that he closed the door. What we find is that he went into wilderness places to pray, and he would get away by himself, and he would separate himself away from the the rest of the gang. And he would go into a place of isolation, and he would pray all by himself. And what God is trying to tell us here, what Jesus is trying to help us with is he's trying to let us know there comes a moment where you've got to actually get away, isolate yourself, go somewhere, close the door, go somewhere where no one else can find you and you begin to talk to God. Now this reminds me of of marriage because if Christy and I only have conversation and we have quick little conversations about the kids and what's happening in our schedule and we're running to and fro, what begins to happen if we go days where that's all the conversation we have is just little 30 second quick little conversations, there's going to come a time where we feel distant from each other, right? Well, there's going to come a time where Christy says, I've been around you but I feel so far away from you. Uh, we've been, because what happens is, in marriage, is if you do that and you don't have a time that's set aside, a time where you can have intimacy and you can actually go deeper in your conversation and you can talk about things that matter and you can really get close to each other, if you don't have that, you begin to feel more like business partners than you do married people, right? You begin to feel like roommates if you will or just business par- partners and we're running this company together called the North of Family and and, uh, and so we're just kind of doing these things and going back and forth and i just have to tell you that marriage is one of the greatest pictures of, that god gives us and how we view marriage is the view of our relationship with god And just like I have to get away with Christy and we have to have times where we go out on a date night, where we talk to each other, where we sit and we have more intimate conversation and we're away from the kids and we're away from the rest of the world and we're away from the busyness of life and we have those times of intimacy, that is the exact same thing that we need with Jesus. The exact same way that we need that as as an intimate couple in marriage, we also need that in our relationship with God. And so, again, it just reminds me that God wants us to have a time, a what, a place, and a, yeah, if we will have a time, a set-aside time of daily Bible reading and daily prayer, and we will have a set-aside place, I promise you there is nothing that is going to help you grow up faster than this. And then he begins to say, and pray to your Father who is un. Seen, and i'm just glad can i just say i'm just glad that he points out uh that that god is unseen because you know how many of you are like me and you're like man it's it's just a little weird sometimes you know that you're praying to an invisible god and you're going you know how many of you have ever had times in your prayer time i know i have where you're like is anybody actually listening come on raise your hands like is anything actually happening up there is, is there is are these falling flat you know am i just talking to myself is this good self-talk and so jesus points out hey God knows, he knows that it's unseen, and and then then he says, then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Let's just stop right there. What if God actually sees us? What if God actually sees when you pray? I mean, like, let's stop right there. Isn't that enough of a reason to want to spend time with God, to want to pray, that God actually sees us. And then he says, the God who actually sees you, it's not just falling on deaf ears. God is listening. God actually sees you. And that God who actually sees you, guess what? He's going to reward you. And this word reward in the original language actually means he's going to pay you back what he owes you. Some of you are like, now, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Like, I'm I'm, I'm going to try this thing right away. I'm going home today. I'm going to close my door. I'm going to begin to pray because God's going to pay me back what he owes me. The reward that he's talking about here, it's a little different than the reward that you're thinking. It's not always just uh, he's going to give you exactly what you're asking for because let's be honest, there are times where I'm glad God didn't give me what I asked for. How many of you are glad that God didn't give you what you asked for? because when you were in high school you asked for that guy because he was the best looking guy you know in the class and you're like wow god i really need him i think he would you know really help me and it would be f- the fulfillment of a dream in my life and and uh, god please give it give me him i i really want him i'm asking you to give me him and i'll lord i'll help lead him closer to you and and i'll do you know what i call missionary dating and and god i'll you know i'll do it lord and then you know, God didn't give you that guy, and then you run into that guy 25 years later at the high school reunion, and you see that guy, and now he looks much different than he did then. And, and, you, know, and it, you know, the whole package is way, you know, bald and ugly. And, and, and you're going, how many of you going, oh, thank you, God, that you did not give me him. Thank you, God, for the man you gave me. So God doesn't always answer our prayers, and I want to say, fortunately, he doesn't always answer our prayers. The reward is something much different, and we'll get to the reward in just a little bit. Verse 7, he says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. So he's saying to the disciples, hey, before we even move on, forget about the way that you've seen other people praying. And they're babbling on like pagans. And here's what you got to know about the Jewish custom: that there would be people, religious leaders during these times, that would actually stand on street corners and they would pray these really elaborate, eloquent prayers. Where they would stand up and they would, you know, have this oratory of prayer that they would have. And and uh, and and let me just ask you: how many of you ever seen somebody pray or heard somebody pray, and you kind of went, "Wow, that was like really good." Like, I think God heard their prayer more than he would ever hear my prayer because that was such a great prayer. You, we become like prayer judgers, don't we? Like like prayer critiquers. Like, man, on a scale of 1 to 10, that was a 10, man. That was a good prayer. I'm still praying like two prayers, you know? I'm not even anywhere close to your spectrum of prayers because sometimes we can listen to people pray and we, we, you know, they babble on like, oh, hallelujah, thou art thine God, and thou artest the greatest of goddess and hallelujah, and Lord, I just, you know, in the name of hallelujah, and, and just go on and on and on. And sometimes I think when we do that, God just kind of looks down from heaven, and he goes, huh, what, what are you saying? And Jesus is saying, you don't have to do that. Prayer is not about This oratory of eloquence that you have to go into, where you have to change your tone of voice and pray these eloquent prayers, that's not what it's about. He says, verse 8, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Let's think about that for a second. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Let me say it again. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, a few of you in the room go, but wait a second. If he knows what I need before I ask him, why am I asking him? Kind of like, what's the point then, right? Like, if he already knows what I need before I ask him, then. Why am I asked? if I'm not here just to give God my long list of what I need in my life, you know, and can you imagine God trying to take notes like, okay, like, so what, do you, what is it? Yeah, you need how much? Whoa, okay, wow, okay. Uh, go slower, slower. You know, we're trying to get this down up in heaven. We want to make sure we get it all, you know. If that's not the point of prayer, what is the point of prayer? Well, if you're asking that question, I have good news for you. If you're asking the question, what is the point of prayer? If God already knows what I need, you're actually on the edge of a breakthrough in how you're going to pray. You're actually on the edge, on the verge of something really powerful happening in your life. Watch this now. Verse nine. This then is how you should pray and what he's about to give us. It's not something that we're just supposed to recite word for word and move on. He's giving us a model. He's giving us a way to move our prayers forward. He's giving us kind of some categories of prayer, if you will. This isn't uh, that we're just supposed to recite this word for word and then, you know, and then we're good. He, he's actually teaching us. There's some things that I I want you to know that are very important that you don't realize are important. And there's some things that aren't as important that you maybe thought were important about prayer. And he starts with, with verse Uh, The next verse, he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, let's not just run by that, if you will. He says, our Father. Today is Father's Day. We have some great fathers here in this room today. Father is the most intimate word that we actually have for God himself in all of the Bible. So, Father here means tender. Father here means respect. Father here means provider. Father here means the one who cares about you, the one who has the best interest of your life in mind. Father means the one who deeply loves you. And sometimes we get stuck because maybe you you didn't have quite the dad that you wanted to have and maybe something happened there. Maybe you didn't ever have a father. And so the, the idea of God being your father is a little bit more difficult for you. I'm just telling you, listen, no matter what kind of a dad you grew up with, God is a perfect father, and he loves you, and he has your best interest in mind, and he is tender, and he is loving, and he is caring. But then he goes on in that second part to say, hallowed be your name. So what does this mean, hallowed be your name? Well, what you have to understand here in order to get this is that the Jewish people actually had a much different naming system than than we do. See, they would not only name somebody according to how they were going to identify them physically, they would actually name people according to what was going to be their nature, if you will, their personality. And so what he's saying is, hey, Hollywood be your name. Hollywood meaning set apart. Hollywood meaning holy, Hall- Hollywood meaning awesome, Hollywood meaning so much bigger than I am, so much bigger than anyone else's, hallowed meaning you are incredible, God. So we've got two things, names here together that, that is, God, you are so big, you're so awesome, you're so unreal, you're so powerful, so majestic, wow, God, and then you've got, and I get to have a relationship with you like I would a father. You're so big, and I get to talk to you. Wow, isn't that amazing? Jesus is emphasizing that prayer, the first thing we do in prayer is we acknowledge God, an intimate relationship with God. And then we go into how incredible, how awesome, how unreal he is. And so at this point in my my prayer time, and this is actually how I pray almost every day of my life, is I will just begin by worshiping God. I'll just begin by telling God how incredible he is, how awesome he is, and how how lucky I am to have a relationship with him and to be in prayer, talking to him today. And then he goes on to say something that most of us probably want to blow by pretty fast, but it's probably somewhere that we actually need to hang out for a little while. Let Let me go on to verse 10. He says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So here's what Jesus is saying. Before we get to you, we must first surrender to him. Watch this. Because you have a kingdom. I have a kingdom. You have a will. I have a will. And there are things that I need God to fix in my kingdom. And I really wish that everybody that lives in my kingdom would recognize that I'm the king of my kingdom and that you're the queen of your kingdom. But what God is saying here is, hey, The first part of this, after you've acknowledged that you're talking to me, and we're spending time together, and I'm worshiping you, and you understand how awesome I am, and that I also want to have a relationship with you like a father does to his children. After that, what I need you to do next is I need you to actually come into a moment of surrender, and what I need you to do is I need you to surrender your will to my will. I need you to actually begin to say, God, I want what you want and so I'm not here to try to bend your will towards what I need I'm not here to bend your will to what I want I've got to actually learn to get on my knees and I've got to bend his direction I've got to bend my will towards what he wants and let me just say this there are times when you're going through seasons of your life that are difficult, that are hard, and you need God to do some miracles in your life and actually saying to the Lord, not my will, but yours be done, is one of the hardest things things that you can ever say when there are seasons where you go, God, I need you to do this. I need you to bring healing here. I need you to perform a miracle here. I need you to do this here. And sometimes we've just got to stay in this moment and not move on from it until we can actually say, not just with our words, but in our heart, not my will, but your will be done. Whatever you want. So prayer is actually, the purpose of prayer is to surrender our will not to impose it. We are not here to impose our will. We are here to surrender to his will. So now I've prayed. I'm I'm talking to the Lord. I'm I'm worshiping him. I've spent some time acknowledging how powerful he is, how awesome he is, and that he wants to have a a relationship with me like a father. And now I've moved on to the surrender of my will. Not my will, but your will be done. And so what I'll begin to do is I'll begin to actually pray over the decisions in my life. uh, And and I'll name them out loud. And I'll just say, God, your will in that meeting, God, today. God, your will happen, Lord, in that situation. Lord, your will. I pray your will. And, And then and I'll begin to pray for Christy, and I'll begin to pray for my kids. God, your will, Lord, you, you know where Libby needs to go to school, and Lord, we want what you want, Lord. We've got some ideas. We, we've, we've got some uh, things, and, and Lord, but at the end of the day, we want what you want. We want your will for our children, and then I'll begin to pray for our elders and our staff and our, our deacons, and I'll begin to pray over you, and I, I've got actually you, all of you are on a prayer list, okay, that I have, that, that I have printed out, it's in my office, and I'll begin to pray over you, and you know what I'm praying over you? God, your will be done in their life, Lord, just, Lord, unfold your will, I, I we want what you want to happen in their life, in their marriage, in their situation, with their children, Lord, in their school, Lord, whatever it is, we want your will, and then I'll begin to pray God's will over our city, and God's will over our nation, and God's will over our church, but I'm praying now, I'm going through my prayer list, but I'm not praying, God, here's what I need, and so I hope your day's going good, okay, now that we've gotten that over with, here's my list, Here's, here's what I need, God, this is what I need, no, I'm not praying that, I'm praying over my list, but I'm saying, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, your will in my family, your will in my church, your will in my life, God, your will, and then it gets on to the part that we are most interested in, okay, give us give us this is a part we all smile we all like give us God give us today our what daily bread okay now I read this as a child sometimes and I would go what like is God you know making bread in heaven like what I don't understand give us our daily bread I don't like you know God you know like God give me today my cinnamon raisin bread you know like Like, I don't understand what this means. What is God talking about? Give us today our daily bread. What, What he's saying, this is a prayer for provision here. It's a prayer for provision. And it's it's a prayer over the finances. So when I come to this moment in my prayer time, I'll begin to pray over our personal finances. I'll, I'll begin to pray over our church finances. And I'll pray, God, Lord, we need you, Lord. And, and, and really what my prayer is is not just God, provide. My prayer is, God, I trust the provider even more than the provision. Because I know where the provision comes from. It comes from the provider. No man is in charge of my paycheck. No woman is in charge of my paycheck. No man is in charge of our church finances. No woman is in charge of our, Lord, this is yours. You are the provider, Lord. I trust the provider to provide. I trust the provider to bring the the provision so i'm worshiping god i've spent some time doing that and now i'm praying your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and i'm going through that list i'm praying i'm surrendering and not imposing my will but surrendering god's will in all of those situations now i'm praying for for provision and i'm praying over those finances and i'm saying god i trust you you're the provider that brings the provision and then, then verse 12 and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, there's two things here, okay? The first one is this. The first one is a recognition that I have sinned. Forgive us our debts. So what that means is, on a daily basis, I'm I'm praying and I'm going, God, forgive me. And the first thing, the first place that I start when I'm saying, God, forgive me, is I start with things I know I need forgiveness for. Things that I, like, I, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The way you treated that driver yesterday. Uh. Uh-uh, uh. You know, uh, like the, what you said to that guy. You're in, even like your motives and your heart being pure and those things that you look at and you go, God, please forgive me. I did not treat that person like they were your child, like they were my brother, my sister in Christ. And and so I'll begin to pray. And then I'll take a moment and I'll actually stop and I'll say, God, now. Bring to my attention things that I wasn't even aware that I did or that I didn't do. Things that I committed or things I omitted. Things I did that I shouldn't have or things I didn't do that I should have. Bring those attention, those, those things to my, my heart. And then what I do after that is I have, after I ask him, guess what I do? I listen. And the Holy Spirit all of a sudden will show me. Your motive wasn't right there your words weren't good there that wasn't good there and I'll begin to say God I just pray over that and I, I just pray that you forgive me for that well watch this now I want you to pay attention because we're talking about adulting here we're talking about growing up in your relationship with God and I want you to understand this if you make this a daily happening in your life and you begin to pray God forgive me Lord and then God in the Holy Spirit show me what I didn't even realize had happened that's happened and you begin to pray those things guess what happens they begin to happen less frequently watch why because listen I'm gonna try I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do the right thing before I even have to talk to God about this tomorrow because I know he's gonna bring it to my attention I know the Holy Spirit's gonna speak to me so what happens as I begin to pray this watch this is I start growing I start actually handling and maturing in my walk with God and in my relationship with people, I start growing I'm handling things differently. My priorities look different because I'm talking with God every day and I'm saying, okay, God, here it is. And by the way, here's another great way to know if you're doing things that aren't pleasing God. Read the, what? Bible, okay? Sometimes we're praying, we're going, God, You know, please, you know, tell me, is this right or is this wrong? And he's going, I already did. It's right there. Just read the Bible. I'm pointing to my iPad because I have a Bible on my iPad. Okay? Just, it's right there. Just read it. And so I spend this time growing in my relationship with God and my relationship with him, asking him to forgive my debts. But there, it's conditional. I want you to watch this now. God forgiving me is actually, watch this, conditional. He's saying, hey, here's the prayer. Forgive us our debts as what? Okay, hold on. Forgive us our debts as we what? As we forgive others. Ooh. I sometimes wonder if we stopped and we realized that if God forgave us in the measure that we forgive others, how many of you think we'd have a messed up relationship with God? Right? God forgive us the way that we forgive others. So then here's what I do now. I say, God, forgive me for my thought about that person. Forgive me, God, for that email that I got and, and you know the th- the thoughts that I had, you know, toward them. God, forgive me for, you know, what happened, you know, on the highway, you know, that day. Forgive me for the way that person treated me. Forgive me for the way that AT&T person acted on the phone, and I actually said things in my heart about them, you know? I, I forget, Lord, and I'll begin to pray, God, forgive me for that, and then I, guess what I do? There's, there's people that I actually need to forgive that I don't know I need to forgive, so what do I do? I actually stop, and I say, Lord, show me if there's anyone, anyone, God, and every once in a while, doesn't happen every day, but every once in a while, the Holy Spirit will go, glad you asked. I actually got one for you today. You need to forgive so and so, and sometimes I'll argue with them. Well, oh, God, man, I mean, we're good. Like I've moved on. Isn't that our famous thing? Oh, how are you? How are you with that person? Fine, good. I've moved on, and here's what that means. I'm not going to talk to them again. I don't need any relationship with them. We're good. Oh, it sounds like you're good. You're really good. You're not going to talk to that brother or that sister in Christ anymore. You're not good. What you need to do is say, God, I forgive them. Okay? And then you begin to treat them well. And Can I just, just as a pastor, just let me say this, okay? You don't always need to go to the people that that God tells you to forgive and say, well, here's the deal. I've hated you for like a really long time. And like one time we were at church and you walked by me and you didn't say hi and it really hurt my feelings. I was having a really bad day, and I've held a grudge against you for four years. And so, you know, I was praying the other day. I was doing this thing the pastor said to do, and, and uh, so God told me to forgive you, so I'm doing it. I'm forgiving you, okay? Well, you think you just made your relationship better? No. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. Now, there are people that we actually need to say you're, you're forgiven. But much of the time, it's between us and God, I forgive them. But watch, now I pray blessing on them. I pray love towards them. I pray God blesses their family, blesses their life, blesses their grades, blesses their, what? God, I, I pray blessing on them. And when I get up from this prayer time, guess what? I'm going to treat them differently. I'm going to do some things to bless them. I'm going to do some things to encourage them. I'm going to do some things to love them. Not just, hey, God told me to forgive you, so I forgive you. No, I'm actually going to go out of my way to be kind towards them. Hmm. Okay, y'all aren't into that, so let's move on. Verse 13. (laughs) And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What is this? Lead us not into temptation. It's kind of like, and lead us not into temptation because we can find it all by ourselves, you know? (laughs) And lead us not into temptation. What it is, it's a recognition that we are actually in a spiritual battle. That there's a war going on for our souls. That there are plans that the enemy has for us. There are attacks that he is making on us. There are certain sins and certain traps that the enemy has for our lives. And what he's saying is, hey, I realize that I'm not going to win in this battle by myself. I am enlisting God's help in the spiritual warfare of my life. I'm saying, God, I need your help. I got to have you. This isn't easy. Lord, I realize that the enemy is actually out to trap my soul. He actually wants me to do things that I shouldn't do. He wants me to not do things that I should do. God, he wants me to fall. He wants me to not do right. He wants me to not follow you. He wants me to not grow. He wants me to remain immature in my faith. He wants me to not even have a faith. The enemy's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy's goal is not just that you wouldn't have a great day. The enemy's goal is that he would destroy your relationship with God. He would destroy your relationship with everyone else around you and he would destroy your life he ain't playing around and what you're saying is god i realize the enemy's out for my soul there's a war going on here and i've got to have your help today i am enlisting you in that warfare of my life i've got to have you today and then some of you grew up you know with the end being for thine is the kingdom and the power of the glory and so you remember for thine is the kingdom and the power couple sopranos in the room. <laughs> Glory for it. Never mind, okay? Jesus actually in Matthew doesn't even, he, he just stops right there. It's almost abrupt. It's, its there it is. So let me give this to you because if you will have a time, a place, and a plan, and you will actually begin to daily walk through these steps in your prayer time, I promise you, that combined with you reading your Bible, you're going to grow like you've never known before. So watch this. We, we broke this down for you in a way that you could clearly understand it and, and that you could clearly understand these categories. So what am I, what am I here to do As I walk into my time and my place with God. Here's my plan. I want to connect with God relationally. I want to connect with God relationally. Okay, so that's number one. I want to connect you. You can write. You can take notes. You can get your cameras out. Take a picture. Whatever you want to do. So my first step in my prayer time is I'm going to connect with God relationally. The second step is I'm going to worship His name. Hallowed be Your name. I'm going to I'm going to worship His name. And the third step is I'm going to pray His agenda first in all circumstances. I'm going to pray His agenda first. In all circumstances. So I'm going to connect with him relationally. I'm going to worship his name. I'm going to pray his agenda first in all circumstances. Number four, I'm going to depend on him for everything. He's the provider. Give us this day our daily bread. You are the provider, God. You are the one that brings the provision. I'm going to depend on him for everything. Number five, I'm going to get my heart right with God and right with what? With other people. So I'm going to make sure that God and I are okay and there's nothing standing in between us. And I'm also going to make sure that me and everyone else in my life are okay. That that my relationship with everybody else is okay. And then number six, I'm going to engage in spiritual warfare. I'm going to engage in spiritual warfare. Connect with God relationally. Worship his name. Pray his agenda first in all circumstances. Depend on him for everything. Get your heart right with God and people And engage in spiritual warfare. As Christy comes, let me just tell you, the way that you do that is you've got to have a time. You've got to have a, and you've got to have a, Jesus just gave us the plan. He just gave us the plan. You'll have a time, place, and a plan. You will begin to grow into a spiritual adult. Can I just tell you what's really hard about the last two weeks as a pastor and as a leader? Is that these two things are known as the most basic things that Christ followers should be doing. So many times, the, the problem is people going, staring back at me going, yeah, yeah, we know, Pastor, we know. We should read our Bible. We should pray. But I'm telling you, the people that have a habit of this, time, place, and plan, this many days a week, the people that have a habit of this are powerhouses spiritually. I'm talking about, they are powerhouses. If they're reading their Bible, and applying it And they've got a time, place, and a plan For their Bible reading If they're praying and they've got a time, place, and plan They're praying through the plan that, that Jesus actually helped us with I promise you, I promise you Just try this, watch this For a month Give God 30 days If you miss a day, start over again Okay, no big deal Okay, Time, place, plan If you will read your Bible And pray, I can promise you You, in 30 days' time, your relationship with God will not look anywhere the same. Better than coming to church. Even, and only a little bit, but even a little bit better than going to a small group. Only just a little. Is if you will learn to commune with God. If you will learn time, place, plan. Read my Bible, pray. Time, place, plan. Read my Bible, pray. Time, place, plan plan, read my Bible, pray. I know you're tired of me saying it. I know it sounds redundant. I know you're like, Pastor, please move on. Can we get to something deeper? Time, place, plan, read my Bible, pray. Time, place, plan, read my Bible, pray. Well, let me email Pastor to see what he recommends about the situation that's going on in my life. And is there a good book out there that I can read? Time, place, plan, read your Bible, pray. Well, maybe if I, you know, if I, you know, go into a Sunday morning and uh, and I just have somebody else pray for me, maybe the situation in my life will change. No, no, no. Wait. Time, place, plan, read your Bible, pray. How do I raise my kids to love Jesus and to serve God? How do I do that? Will you give a sermon about that? Yes, I will. Here, here it is. Time, place, plan, read your Bible, pray. Well, how do I know what to do with my job? Time, place, watch this, plan, read your Bible, pray. Well, how do I know how to better our marriage and how to make our marriage even better than it is? Time, place, I'm waiting for you to actually say it with me. And at that point, I'll stop. Time, place, plan, read your Bible. I promise you, if you will do this one thing, it will change your life. It'll change every area of your life. When I graduated from college I had had a pretty consistent habit of reading my bible and praying but I I began to travel with this other pastor this other preacher guy and I traveled with him for about 3 months we traveled all over the country together and and I learned a lot of things on how to preach and, and how to pray for people and a lot of different things to do as a minister but one of the greatest moments that I ever had in that time with him was he actually, we stayed in two separate hotel rooms. So we'd be at the same hotel, usually in, in separate rooms right next to each other. And one morning he called me, and it was early in the morning, and he called me and he said, Wayne, I want you to get dressed, and I want you to, I want you to come over to my room. And I said, Great, what are we gonna talk about? I'm ready. I got I'm gonna get my notes ready. I'm gonna and he goes, We're not gonna talk. He said, What I want you to do is I want you to sit and I want you to watch how I pray. And I was like That's a little awkward. Like you want me to come into your personal prayer time and watch. And it was an amazing thing because I sat at this table in this hotel room and I watched this mentor of mine begin to pray. And he prayed with such intimacy. He prayed with such passion. He prayed not, it wasn't the words that he was praying. It was that I could tell deep in his heart he cherished this time and it was an intimate time, and it was Him and God, and it was life change, and it was powerful, and it was awesome, and I I began to watch as he walked around the room, and he began to say, Daddy, Father God, creator of heaven and earth, you are so awesome and I love you so much and I'm just so glad I get to talk to you today and Lord, it's just so unreal that you and I are hanging out today and I watched him. I watched it for an hour and a half. He prayed and I thought to myself, that's different than the way that my prayer life looks because there was this realization in him that life change was going to be produced if he would spend time with the Father. And I just believe that can happen for you. What is the reward of prayer? The reward is never what I get from God, it's not that. Here's the reward, the reward is always that I'm walking with God. It's never what I get from God. It's always that I, I get to walk with Him and He with me, that's the reward. And Some prayers change circumstances. Some prayers change us. Some prayers do both. But all prayers grow our relationship with God. As I close today, I do want to let you know that we wanted to give you, because this message is on prayer, we wanted to give you two opportunities that that we do every single week here at Saints Community Church because I want this church to be based on prayer and what God wants to do. Is from noon to one every Friday, the staff comes in this room and many others come into this room. There's usually between ten and twenty of us here on a Friday afternoon from twelve to one, and we pray. And we we all all the prayer cards that you turn in, we pray over those. We pray over our, our city. We pray over our leaders. We pray over uh, missionaries that we support. We pray over persecuted church in other countries. We we pray over all kinds of things. We spend time. Praying God's will in those circumstances and in those situations. Some people come for 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Some people come for the whole time. Some people, you know, vary their time. But I'm just, I'm asking you, I, I, I'm telling you, listen, if you've got the time, come and, and just pray from 12 to 1 o'clock on Fridays. We also pray from 925 to 940 every Sunday morning. We pray over this service. We pray over what God wants to do uh, in our city and in our world. We pray. So, I just want to present those opportunities before you because I want to be a praying church. I want to be a church that prays.